You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. Yeah, you got I got, I got a little bit of tan. I tell you what, a little bit. There's a cool place in Florida called Navarre. Have you ever been? I don't think so. It's between Destin and Pensacola, and I'm telling you what, man, it's it's pretty I awesome. Have been. Yeah, it's like it's got like this little island a little bit off of the shore there, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we had a great time, man. Cool. I'm not used to the kids not being here. Yeah. Without them saying, be quiet, we're filming. Yeah, that just means uh, give them a little alone time with the... Yeah, but I mean, here's the, th- here's the thing, though. I just, I miss them, you know? Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Oh, yeah. But speaking of that, so... Speaking of which one? Coming back from Florida, okay, on the interstate, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, my sister, like, scans through the radio and sees, Rock the South. In uh, Coleman, Alabama. Last night we had Alabama, and tonight we got Morgan Wallen. And it was pretty hmm. cool to know that I was like 40 miles from probably yeah. where he was. But right. So I got on the internet, and I checked out, all right, let's look at the feeds from the show. Mm-hmm. And I seen the band Alabama. Yeah. And I'm kind of a little disheartened. And I don't know how to take it, because... If you've seen Randy Owen recently, they say he did suffer from migraines and strokes and stuff like that. But here's what I don't understand. I mean, who thinks it's okay to put him on a stage right now? Like, and and nothing. Put somebody else. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to say. I would have been pissed off if I gave $150 to see that version of Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I get that. But you also got to think from his point of view. I mean, he's probably got a lot of medical bills right now. And it don't matter how much money you make. That's a lot of money coming out. Well, I mean, do a GoFundMe. Yeah. Insurance. I Why mean, do that when you can work for it? Yeah, but you're not put. You're not selling anything. You're putting. You're giving everything you got on stage. It might not be a fraction of what it used to be, but it's not I even can't, close. I can't fault him. I can't yeah. fault him. I mean, I, I love the band. I've always loved him. Right. I met him once. He was a nice guy. But I just kind of feel like... I listened to that clip sure. you sent. I mean, he didn't mean, sound awful. I mean, he didn't sound bad. It wasn't as good as it used to be, but... I just don't understand how somebody... I, I just... I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe he's uh, maybe already signed the contract to do this before he got that bad, and he's like making it... So, he didn't look happy. Right. He didn't look healthy either. At all, Mm-mm. I mean, which you maybe know. that's the reason I, I kind of get the idea. Maybe he has to do it because he, you know, financially needs it. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I've seen them in senior year, and they were amazing when I was in high school. Well, I mean, when you're your senior year, they were probably in their sixties then. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and that's it, not been that's not, that's been less than twenty years ago. So. I you think know, about pretty, that. That's hey, they're old, man. <laughs> they're not. Know, yeah, I know they're old, but it's like seeing the, a Rolling Stones here, now. Here's the yeah, but 
I just don't know how they could be headliners and people pay that price to see a 20% version of what they're selling it on. It's like the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones still selling out stadiums. And, I mean, Mick Jagger's got some. He's got some energy still. Well, that's because he's done the good version of heroin. I don't don't even know. His entire life. Because if if he had done that, he would have he would have wasted away by now. Well, Artie Lane said that good heroin is like good for like your entire body. Yeah. Like it doesn't affect any of your organs. So. I don't know. I I sure don't want to find out. He's done something, man. He's. He is. He's like preserved (laughs) his whole body. Except for his face. His face is like an old catcher's mitt. I mean, can you think of anyone that is that old and looks the same way they did? uh, Willie Nelson, besides him. Well, he's always looked that way. He's always looked old as shit, but he's yeah, he is yeah, youthful though. Right, it's, um, that, it's that weed. That's like Clint Eastwood. Like he actually looks old. Yeah, he does. But now. as long as I can remember, he's always been old. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, even when I first started seeing his movies yeah, in our lifetime, he was yeah. old. Yeah. So in our lifetime, he has always been old. I don't know. I just I I know, and and I could be wrong, but all the respect to the band, and I keep Randy in my prayers. But I would have been disheartened if I would have paid full price to see that. That's all I'm saying. I think if you if you were looking into seeing them in a concert, you know you're going to be aware that. So you're saying that somebody should expect. Oh yeah, you should. That. You shouldn't expect yeah. you know ninety five version of Alabama. Well, at this no. Point. But this was pretty horrible. Well, it may be the Are last time sure they're ever the there to tour. I watched I it. Okay. It could be the only time they're going to tour ever again. I mean, so you got to think about I that. I felt bad huh? for him. Like, but anyways. I don't know. You're kind of hard on him. No, kind of hard not. on him. I'm just man. saying, people would be hard on me. Not if he's a legend. Well, anyways. <laughs> Do you but have I anything digress. to say before? I we just wanted this. to give everybody an update. On the uh, flooding in eastern Kentucky, and uh, how our Kentucky sons have came back home and have helped with the recovery project. Uh, Tyler Childers is out there, you know, getting his hands dirty. He got you know, Chris uh, Stapleton out there with his entire band, uh, going from house to house, you know, lifting stuff out, cleaning stuff up. You got Sturgill Simpson making an appearance over there, doing the same, doing the dirty work. Yes, yes. Uh, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Halfway to Hazard. You yes, familiar with them? Yes, yes. Well, two of the guys are from you know the Hindman area. Oh yeah. I mean, Hindman was extremely hardly hit, hard hit. Yeah, not hardly. That was extremely hit. Yeah. Um, he was over. I think he was in Europe when all that happened. So he's he's back in the states now. He is heading up a group. They're all going to come out there from uh, Nashville, and they're going to you know pitch in. This it's a long recovery, and uh, you know some of the FEMA workers, you know they've seen you know the world's you know most you know, awful tragedies that have hit. You know Hurricane Katrina, yeah, yeah all the tornadoes that right. have, you know, wiped through you know, Western Kentucky. This you know, past uh, December and all the other stuff that, you know, happens, you know, earthquakes. You know, they said the worst, you know, they have ever seen it was when those hurricanes came through, you know, Haiti. I think they had an earthquake as well. Yeah. And that, that, that was the worst. 
the floods in eastern Kentucky is the next worst. Really? Even more so than Hurricane Katrina. Wow. Even more so than the tornadoes in Mayfield. It was it's worse than those because if you think about it, the you know, streams that over you know, flowed, you know, that flooded, if we were to stand in them on a regular you know, you know, any day, our ankle would get wet and that's it. That's how low they are. And it's down these hollers in between these mountains. But if you look where the you know, flooding was, 25 feet up on the trees is mud and debris. Wow. Look, uh, a piece of roof, That's 25 crazy. feet off the ground. Houses are gone. School buses flipped. Uh, cop cars destroyed. They have nothing. I, I couldn't even imagine. This is a whole wipeout of entire cities. Yeah. Small cities, but still cities. Yeah, like, I mean. Yeah, families uprooted, and their lives, at this point, are completely destroyed. Right. It's all starting from scratch now. So, if y'all could just continue to keep them in your prayers, and, uh, you know, if there's anything you can do, I think, from what I heard, they're good on clothes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, look into some of those uh, fundraisers that they're putting together and see if there's something you can do for them, because they need it. Absolutely. And th- and that's really cool of the uh, the artists going up there. Yeah. Hey, did, now Sturgill made an appearance that mm-hmm. you know of. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did. He did. Awesome. I seen a picture with him. Well, I seen the picture that you shared on mm-hmm. our page, and that was awesome. And there was like this. Uh, I reckon Chris was uh, in Walmart. Yeah. And this little, little six year old kid, girl. like mm-hmm. that was her all time yeah. like wish to see him, and yeah. it just happened to be at Walmart. Yeah. You know, he's going to get that. supplies for some, you know, victims. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's yeah, it sucks that it has to be that situation for it to happen, but still, right? You know, he was there for. Him. So, folks, it is that time. I must say, this like this is going to be a long one. Hopefully, it's not a boring one. But this person, in my opinion, is the greatest country artist. Of all time, like the beginning, the cornerstone, the concrete. Before I say his name, do you have anything to say on him before you learn the information? Like, what's your thoughts of him without revealing the name? Uh, all I can really you know, say at this time is, like when we discuss who we're going to you know spotlight next you told me not to do any research you told me just to sit back and be in awe and um so i listened to some songs but other than that i'm gonna let you okay here we go teach away now the song that i'm gonna play to introduce this artist this is not him singing but it is one of many songs that were written about the man when he asked me for a light And I knew there was something strange about this ride He said, Drifter, can you make folks cry when you play and sing? Have you paid your dues? Can you moan the blues? Can you bend down guitar strings? He said, boy, can you make folks feel what you feel inside? Cause if you're big star bound, let me warn you, it's a long home ride that's right, folks. 
This episode is about the late, the great, the legendary Hank Williams Sr. Mm-hmm. The original. Straight out of Montgomery, Alabama. He has been said that this is what's been said about him. Mm-hmm. He had a million-dollar talent with a 10-cent brain. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, now look, I've watched three movies getting ready to do this. Not only did I do that, but about four days ago, I stood where he is buried. And I'd wanted to do that since, shit, as long as I can remember. Did you exhume his body and discover I wanted to. Kind of inspect his bones? I kind of wanted to open it up. You wanted to dig him up? I kind of did. Just for a selfie, just just a snuggle, right back in the ground. Just wanted to spoon with Hank Williams. But the coolest part of it was, so in my musical time, my grandmother has always been my biggest fan, and cheered me on, and she's like, he's the greatest of all time. So like, I got to stand there with her, Mm -hmm. and folks, check out the pictures on our page. I posted them. Also went to his boyhood home posted photos in there it was pretty awesome too you i got a question yes sir if your grandma would have went to a hank williams show or she could have i don't know did she go to a hank williams no, show no. if she would do she was only about 10 around oh, that time oh man yeah. all right if it was her heyday and she went to a hank williams show would she have threw a bra on stage or her panties you think I bat, don't know, because she, she, she wasn't really like that. She was the baby she out of four. Oh, oh, she got yeah. away with a lot then. To an extent. She's, but, she, I mean, she was raised streaking. poor. Yeah. She was raised poor. Even the better. She might not even wore any clothes like her. No. No, she wasn't like that. She, she, I'm telling you what, she come from rough conditions. Yeah. But made a good life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's a great success story. Mm-hmm. But Person she was always... Diamonds. Pressure makes diamonds. They do. And she was always my biggest fan. And I think a part of her wanted to be a little bit in the commu- in the country music business, mm-hmm. whether it was writing songs or singing or something like that. And then I was the only grandchild out of six mm-hmm. that had that same passion. So we connected on a different level. You know? Right. Anyways, so Mr. Hiram, Hiram, Williams, that was his birth name. I know, I saw that. It was weird. He was born September seventeenth, nineteen twenty-three, in Mount Olive, Alabama. He was the third child to Jesse, his father. Um, his name was uh, Loon Williams, which is kind of different. He uh he so died. Was in, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but the unique thing was, is like, this artist is so old, folks, that his dad was born in 1891 and he died in 1955. Now, he was also a railroad engineer. He did, like, uh, the stuff on the railroad for the lumber company. Hmm. 1918 to 1919, he was drafted to World War One, where he took a fall from a truck that messed up his head. So he kind of, Hank didn't really have a dad. Right. You know what I mean? Because he dealt with all that. Uh, The family, their first son, died after two years after um, he was born. Two two days. Two days. Which is 
mind-blowing. His sister Irene was born next. Both Hank's parents followed the Freemasonaries. That's how Williams got his name, from the Freemasons. Freemasonry. Yep. Are you one? My dad is. Well, you couldn't tell me if you were. Right? You can. Isn't it like a secret society? Uh, there's some secret stuff to it, but... I mean, have, have they got more laid back nowadays than they used to be? I mean, when you say used to be, are you thinking of back in the 1600s, maybe? I don't know. Because <laughs> like, it's like been every, around for every centuries, one of but. them that I met was, like, very secretive. And then I knew this other guy who's like, it's not everything it's cracked up to be. Well, I think you I think it's like anything in life. You get what you put into it. And uh, if you, yeah, if you, you know, give a lot of effort, you know, you're going to get a lot out of it. Right. I think for the most part, like a lot of people think it's like real secretive. It's like the Illuminati. Yeah. It's, it's not. Like, I mean, what they do, you know, behind closed doors, it's not like they sacrifice chickens or something. But it is a lot of ceremonies, and it's a lot of ceremonies that's only done with people who are in the group. There are secret handshakes, there yeah. are secret rings, and they have a cornerstone on the White House. They have a lot of stuff in in the in the government. I feel like there's some secrecy going on. The streets in Washington D.C. are but laid I, but out I don't want no enemies. Yeah. I don't want any. <laughs> like yeah. I would join, yeah. but like mm-hmm. I don't know. They don't recruit. You have to find them. Really? Yeah. They don't recruit. So I can't just look in yellow pages. I mean, you can seek them out, but they can't seek you out. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so back to Hank. His parents were really big in that. So Hank had two nicknames growing up. Harm, that's right, H-A-R-M, and Skeets. Oh, Skeet, Skeet. I know, I thought the (laughs) same thing. He was born with spinal, and I know I'm going to get this wrong, so I'm going to go ahead and let you take over. What's that word? Spinal bifida? Spinal bifida. Yeah. 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 Like, I always get that wrong. But anyways, it's a painful birth defect that affects your spinal column. Like, they say, yeah, I mean, they say that it's it's a bad deal, you know? Do you know anybody that has it? I do. I do. It's, uh, it's, It's very painful for them, and sometimes it, like, attacks them later in life. It's not something that, you know, if they were born with it, it doesn't really... Automatically affect them at first. You know, it could take a while for it to get to you, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's extremely painful. I'm sure you know people out there. I know someone who's suffered from it, but yeah. Mm -hmm. In 1930, his father began having troubles from his World War One fall, and he spent eight years in a Pensacola hospital. His mother then took over the family. Now, can you imagine your dad going away for eight years? It's in the 30s. Right. So it's not like you can pick up the phone. It's not like you can get in the car and just drive down there and check on it. That's around the Depression as well. So It is. Yeah. So it, it is. had to be hard enough as it was. But if you didn't have you know, your dad there and he wasn't able to work at all, I mean, that's that's got to be awful. It's going to be a terrible struggle anyway. Speaking of the Great Depression, his mom was so talented at the ideas and stuff that she had. She opened three different boarding houses. One of them burnt, 
the third one did well, considering that it was the middle of the Great Depression. Right. 1937-ish, um, many people claim that they helped get Hank his first guitar. But the rumors are that his mother bought it for him with the money that she made off selling peanuts. This was the time that he met Rufus T. Tight Pain. He was Hank's <laughs> musical influence. Oh, you don't say. But, like, no joke. No joke. Like, the way you said it. I know. Ruffus, T-Tot, 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 Pain. Yes, like, <laughs> if you listen to any Hank song, he mentions him several times. Mm-hmm. T-Tot, Pain. Mm-hmm. And he was a black guy who taught Hank the basics and yeah. kind of brought him into that blues, you know. Well, let's be real about it. At that time... When he was growing up, it was all gospel music. It was all gospel. A little bit of blues. A little bit of blues. But other than that, that's it. I mean, there was nothing on the radio at this no. time. Folks. No. There was no radio, really. I it mean, was just you, well, you gospel. Had, you, you had two shows in the South. You had the Grand Ole Opry, and yeah. you had the Louisiana Hayride. Mm-hmm. But the Grand Ole Opry was the Mac Daddy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, he gets in a fight with a school teacher over some exercises that the teacher's telling him that he has to do. And his mom's like, no, he can't do it. He's got a disability. And now that I've drove all the way up here to school, I want you fired. And the school's not going to fire their only gym teacher. His mom so was a Karen. She was a little bit of a Karen. <laughs> if the movies are anything close to what she was, she was. She was a Karen. So him... And his mom pack up, and they move down to Montgomery, and he loses touch with Mr. Payne, the black-picking guitar blues player. Mm -hmm. 1937, here we are. He changes his name to Hank. He wins a contest, which paid $15. He then gains a 15-minute, twice-a-week show on the radio. It paid $15 a week. Now, if you do the calculation... From 1937 to now, $15 a week would have been $400 a week. Yeah. So that was big money back then. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about it, yeah, that's really good money then. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's impressive. Just for 15 minutes, you know. I mean, for then, yeah, it's kind of a dollar a minute. Yeah. But anyways, 1938, his father shows back up. He gets released from the hospital. He comes to the family. He's like, all right, I'm better. I'm ready to take over. His mom was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I've run this roost for eight years now. Yeah. She's figured out she don't need him. So, without you. so he sticks around long enough for Hank's birthday in September. Then he returns back to the hospital because that's all that he's known at this point. Hank's mother begins to tell everybody that his daddy died. That's a really big excuse in the South. Yeah. When your daddy runs off, well, he died. Mm-hmm. Or, like in Forrest Gump's situation, he's on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and he never came back. Yeah. So. But I actually heard a story about a, about a guy who's actually got a pretty important part in history. He's the dumbest millionaire ever. And I can't even remember his name right now, but. He eventually got sick of his wife, which is the only reason he was, you know, rich to begin with. He came from because an extremely poor family. She was wealthy. 
her first husband yeah, died, so she was a widow. He married her, so he became extremely wealthy when they married. Yeah. And everybody in the town hated him. So they kept giving these awful you know, business ideas, and they kept turning up, like, gold for him. Like, certain wow. th- things would happen, and, like, it was, he just, was just a, a perfect. Lucky cat. It was a, yeah. Yeah. But eventually he got tired of his wife, and he told everybody, <laughs> like, every time somebody would come to their house, his wife still lived there. Yeah. She would walk around the house, and he was like, Is that your wife? She's a ghost. <laughs> he would tell them that she was a ghost. Yeah. And it worked. I mean,. <laughs> Well, that's what that kind of reminds me of. So, he's got his radio show going on. It starts to take off. He decides to start a band. This is when the first original Drifting Cowboys come into play. His mother would manage them. They would play all over Alabama. They played theaters before the movie started. They played honky-tonks. And this is when Hank began his love for drinking. In between shows and the radio, he would come back, but he would be a little too drunk for the air. 1941 was hard times. World War II disqualified him from the draft. He actually wanted to serve his country, but he couldn't because of his disability. Yeah. But The alcoholism probably didn't help either. Oh, no, not at all. But his entire band got drafted. So here he is with nobody. So he looks for replacements, but the replacements, they don't really care for Hank because of the drinking yeah. gets out of hand. He spends mm-hmm. a lot of the money that he earns drinking, and then he's always in a fight, yeah. or there's a, 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 a husband in the crowd mm-hmm. that is like, I'm tired of you singing on the radio. Mm-hmm. You are driving my wife crazy. And, like, <laughs> he had been rushed three or four times on stage and he would always get knocked down on his back. A lot like Elvis. A lot like Elvis and we'll get to that point. But it was it was crazy. I mean, the crowds either loved him and all the men hated him or he was too drunk to even perform. Yeah. Which a lot of this that I have learned I kind of have some mixed feelings because a lot of it I'm like he was just a whoremonging drunk. Yeah. But then, he was the greatest country singer of all time. You know, you kind of... They well, both can be true. Yeah, yeah, at the yeah. same sense. And that's why when people say a million-dollar talent with a 10-cent brain, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And as you're going to hear, you'll see that you'll get to hear about the person who named him that. But, anyways, so he showed up drunk at clubs, and husbands would start all their brawl with him, and it began to really wear on him. So, the only thing that he knew to do was drink. He got fired from his radio show. Um, he also got to meet Roy Acuff, which was his idol from the Grand Old Opry. Mm. He is the one that said, son, let me warn you about drinking. If you don't stop, it's going to be the death of you. And you're a million-dollar talent with a 10-cent brain. Roy Acuff gave him Roy huh. Acuff, that is right. The Opry living legend that... Well, was living. He was a living <laughs> legend in the time that he was yeah. there, you yeah. know. So, anyways, during the war, he worked um, at a place that they built ships. He played bars for soldiers at night. 
in Mobile, Alabama. This is where he met Audrey. Audrey Williams. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you what, people either loved or hated her. Yeah. Because she kind of had her own agenda. I mean, she wanted to be famous too. And when you take two people like that and yeah. put them together, it's either classic gold or it's a mm. nightmare. Yeah, what's that remind you of? It reminds me of Randy Travis. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Randy Travis's manager. Yeah. Although man, Randy Travis's wife, wife, she didn't want to sing, did she? No, she just wanted to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of the same crap. Yeah. But anyway, so they decide to get married after living together for a short time in 1944. They get married in a Texan gas station by a justice of the peace. Now, legally, she wasn't even divorced 30 days. Yeah. So, as you're going to hear in the story, that kind of screws her over. 1945, uh, Audrey talks him back into the radio. She works things out where he can go do the radio. They go to a studio and record 10 songs that he has written. Now, the only difference between him and Elvis is he did write his songs. In fact, he wrote a lot of songs that I'll tell you in the end. So the band, they got him. They they had a little break, and out in the hall, they said, Look, Hank, she can't sing. And and (laughs) we we just can't be a part of this because she ain't worth a lick. Well, she heard it, and Hank was trying to defend her, but he's like, Boys, what am I supposed to do? It's my wife. And that's the part that she heard. Yeah. So she's like, hell with you. I'm leaving. So this is when they threaten a divorce for the first time. Sometimes you can't please a woman. No, you cannot. (laughs) So Audrey did some work behind the scenes after they made up for the first time and got him a six-deal recording contract for six songs. That's when the song Honky Tonkin' comes out. Now, have you heard that song? I feel like I, I heard it when I was listening to some of his music. It's not one of them that really stands out to me as much as a few of the other ones. But This is it right to it and they're like how could anybody ever get into that yeah he was before his time at writing lyrics yeah he was because at that time that was not something that no that you really discussed at all no you were shunned if you discussed that like <laughs> if we have a bad time we'll just go out and go honky tonk you know yeah. what i mean yeah. i mean we'll step out Right, he was able to take the words that people were thinking at that time, but would never dare mention it out loud. 
and put it in a country song. Especially because at that time, it was really no country song. He invented the genre, basically. Without a doubt. Now, they say country music was birthed in Bristol, West Virginia. Mm. But he carried the torch harder and longer. Yeah. He busted the door open. Right. Like, it it was cracked open a little bit. He busted it down. He's like, here I am. Yeah. This He's is like, country music. This is country music. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to walk you through it. I'm going to sing about things that everybody thinks, but nobody has the balls to talk about. Amen. That's what he did. <laughs> he really did. Ex- if you wrote a description out, it would be that. <laughs> I mean, and still to this day, yeah. people say that. Yeah. And, I mean, he's right beside of Elvis. I mean, some of the lyrics that he wrote, are stuff that's kind of shunned to talk about today even oh, you yeah. know what i mean yeah it's more you know everyday life now but you still don't want to talk about it you don't want to sing about it no, because then people are like yeah i don't want to really you know, promote that right but so that song gained the attention of mgm in 1947 so then they helped him release this next one which is move it on over Still used in commercials today. But listen to the lyrics. And even that was the biggest country hit of all time during that time. Yeah, up to that point. They considered it an early rock and roll song. That isn't that wild? It is very wild. Because <laughs> if you think about it now, like, how's that rock and roll? Yes, exactly. But back then, and this is what I asked my grandmother when we left his tombstone. I said, was he big because he was really that good? Or was he big because nobody had ever heard anything like that? Mm-hmm. Because nobody else had done it. He was a pioneer. And she's like, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was obviously talented, but oh, without I th- a doubt, I think what it is is he created a new genre. He was the pioneer of it, and yeah, like it spawned a whole group of fans. It had a whole bunch of you know, gospel music fans. Yes, to start because it's you know kind of relatable. It's got the same you know, melodies, kind of the same instruments. But the lyrics are more secular. Yes, for sure. (laughs) For sure secular. So in 1948, he moves back to Shreveport, Louisiana. They joined the Louisiana Hayride. This radio show gained him so many fans. 1949, he released a 1922 cover of Lovesick Blues. That's right. Hank did not write Lovesick Blues. Now, there is... Folks, there is so many rumors on the internet. There's so many stories about this man, and I'm telling you, I really had to cross-reference my information because you can go to his own web lapis. 
Wikipedia or whatever you say. Wikipedia. Yeah, I know. I always get that wrong. Wikipedia. I know. That's my dyslexia. <laughs> you're adding. In. You're adding in words together there. But anyways, they're not even right on half of it. And I'm telling you what, there's so many stories that I'm gonna do my very best to get the 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 facts. Well, the thing about Wikipedia is, me or you could go in and change the stuff on that. Anybody can. So you can put whatever BS you want to on there. Right, right. So and some of really it wasn't even that. close. Yeah. But I think I've nailed it down about as close as it's going to get. So anyways, this is when he releases one of the greatest country songs of all time. Hank Williams's Love Sick Blues. <laughs> I got a feeling called the blues, old thoughts, and my baby said goodbye. Lord, I don't know what to do. All I do is sat and sigh. Oh, Lord, that last long day she said goodbye. Well, Lord, I thought I would cry. She'll do me, she'll do you, she's got the kind of loving. Lord, I love to hear her when she called me sweet daddy. Such a beautiful dream. I mean, I hate to just think it's all listen to how much honesty he put in. <laughs> I mean, even if it wasn't true, he sold you on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that song stayed number one for four months. That song is a good example of why my dad hated country music growing up. He was born in the mid fifties. He hated country because it was uh, he hated that. Yeah. But a lot of people, you know, making that noise, they it doesn't sound good. But Hank made it sound good. He hit it in the perfect spots. See when there's I, an art to it. Yeah, when I hear him do that, I think he is connecting with honest feelings. Yeah. I don't see it as in I lost my dog, and I'm going to cry about it and act like I'm a dumb, drunk redneck. You know, I mean, to me, that's what it sounds like. But I could see how some people wrote him off as, like, I just I can't get on board with that, you know? That's why he wouldn't even listen to any country music when I was growing up because... Because of Hank? Well, because of that style. You know, how that, that wine, he hated it. Hated it. Yeah. So, up until this point... Hank's biggest thing was, I want to play the Opry. He drove all the way to Nashville once, and he just walked in and said, I want to audition for the Opry. And they told him, they said, that's not the way that it works, son. You know, you got to go through all these steps and hoops and hollers. Well, anyways, at this time, this is when Randall Williams was born. It was Audrey and Hank's only child together, mm. which turned out to be Mr. Hank Williams, Jr. Mm. He was about two weeks old around June the 11th, 1949, when Hank was invited to come play at the Grand Old Opry. Audrey's like, are you really going to leave me at home with Hank, the baby, <laughs> uh, and go do this? Yeah. Because I helped you get this far, yeah. and you're going to go celebrate this by yourself. And he's like, it's the Grand Old Opry. Yeah. Of course I am. Yeah. So he does goal. it. Yeah. He does it. The lovesick blues singing cowboy got that song got him on the opera. Can you take a wild guess at how many encores he had? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna say 
I'm going to say three because you're bringing it up. Yeah, one is the usual. Two is occasionally. Three, if you get three, usually it's a fantastic show. So He still today has the world record. It's never been beat. He is the only artist that has received six encores. So that's at the Grand Ole Opry? That is. At is that at one Opry. performance? One performance. Okay. At that time, was it? You know, then like it is now, and you only play fifteen minutes. I'm not for sure the the lineup right. like it used to be. Yeah. But um, to so, my understanding, that the fans just went crazy and they weren't going to stop until he did another yeah. song. Yeah, like so, right now, you basically play three songs and it's the next artist. Like they wouldn't allow it even yeah, if it, no. you did, even if you were worthy enough for yeah. it. They so, wouldn't allow it. Right. That's something that'll never be broke if that. Yeah. So, but. So, yeah. What a great artist to have the record. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, anyways, at this time, the band was making around $1,000 a show. Today's money, that would be $11,000 a show. Uh, Audrey, she just, she was pissed off because she couldn't make it, and that created, once again, another void between the loving two. He joined the Grand Old Opry Tour overseas, where he released seven number ones within this time. Love Sick Blues, Wedding Bells, Mind Your Own Business, You're Gonna Change or I'm Gonna Leave, which is one of the greatest songs. This is probably one of my favorite songs. And it's the most honest country song because how many of us guys and gals say, You're gonna change, I'm gonna leave. That's probably what he was thinking at that time as well. You wore yeah. out a brand new trunk. Packing and unpacking your junk Your daddy's mad He's done got peace You gonna change your armor Gonna leave You gonna change your way of living Change the things you do Stop doing all the things That you oughtn't to Your daddy's mad He's done got peace I love peace. that hook, that hook right there Your daddy's mad he agrees with me. But he's done pissed off at you. Yeah. So that song right there was a massive song for Hank Williams. At this time, they were on their second absence of leave to where she said, hey, I'm just not doing it. So Hank's in this meeting. He's got all this money rolling in. And his manager said, the furniture company called. And they said, uh, since you guys are going to get a divorce, that they're going to come pick up all the furniture unless you pay it. He hmm. said, well, you tell them if they want to be on my good side that this is how I do things. I write down the bills that I owe, I put them in a hat, and whichever one I draw out is the one that I pay. And if they still want to be in that hat, they'll give me a little bit longer. <laughs> now, wow. me thinking... Me thinking, okay. You gonna try that? You made thirty four thousand dollars <laughs> yeah, off of Love Sick Blues. That's enough to pay off your yeah. furniture bill. But when you're drinking, I mean, how often do you pull a, you pull something out? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah. Like, how are you pulling like, it out well, once a week? All right, or? I guess it's time to go to the hat. Yeah, and I mean, but then again, that made me think he may have been one of those guys who like kind of like Tommy Lee, who wouldn't pay you after working on the house. Yeah. 
But, I thought you were going to say, yeah, drive a boat with his manhood. <laughs> no. No, I have, I have not seen any rumors about that. So, 1951, he's back home in Tennessee, and he's hanging out with a buddy. They go hunting. All of a sudden, Hank's laying on the ground with a gun. They say, Hank, what's wrong with you? He said, my back's killing me. I can't even walk. This is the time that he falls into the painkillers, the morphine, and the alcohol. And it's just unreal because he's drinking, he's taking painkillers because he legitimately has a back problem. Yeah. But that morphine just makes you a zombie. And at that time, they didn't know the uh, side effects of drinking alcohol and taking those medications at the same time. And I'm sure that the medications were as pure than they are now. Yeah. There was no little kickers in it and little micro doses. No. It was the full. I mean, that's when they put cocaine in Coke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Little I traces mean, to keep you coming back. So, May 21st, he decides, all right, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an honest thing. They said, we want you to go down to Pensacola, get help. He said, I'm not going to Pensacola. My daddy went to Pensacola. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like my daddy. Yeah. So he goes to Louisiana. He checks in on May 21st. You know how many days he does? Mm-mm. Three. Three. He said, I'm days. a changed man. <laughs> <laughs> Show me to the stage. Yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll. So this is when uh, he goes back to Audrey for the third time. And he said, look, I'm a changed man. I'm on the Opry. I'm doing everything that I can do. And I just come out of rehab. And I got a spinal fusion, and hey, I'm ready to do this. She's not having it just yet. Not yet. So he goes to stay with his mom. The Opry shows up and makes him record a session laying from the bed because he can't stand up from the fusion. Got to hold your end of the bargain. He was really pissed off about that, but, you know, you've made a deal. He then healed and moved back to Nashville where he lived with Ray Price. 1952 is when he starts fooling around with a girl named Bobby Jett. They go hang out in a club. She starts drinking. She starts throwing up. And he said, well, I thought you could hang with Hank. She said, Hank, I'm not throwing up because I'm drunk. She said, I'm throwing up because I'm pregnant and you're the father. (laughs) So they're sitting on a pier. And he says, look. I can't love you like that. But I can promise that I'll take care of that baby. So, at this time, she's kind of like hell of him. Yeah. Audrey buys a home in Nashville, and then she divorces him as soon as she buys the home. Oh, yeah, she got to use his money. <laughs> so, he goes to the Opry. He's at the Opry. And he meets a girl by the name Billie Jean Jones, who was dating another opera star, Farron Young. Mm-hmm. And he straight up asked him, he said, Farron, are you going to marry her? He said, no, I don't believe I will. He said, well, then I believe I will. And he steals well, Farron Young's old lady at the yeah. opera. I mean, it's because, a, I mean, I mean, he's the lovesick blues yeah. megastar. So. It's, yeah, BDE right there. Yeah. <laughs> some, some of that big energy. Yeah. So he misses a bunch of opera shows over his new lover. And August 11th, 1959, he's kicked out of the opera. He shows up drunk, missed way too many shows, and that's just kind of what done it in. 1952, he marries Billie Jean. Um, 
His last recording session was September 29th or 23rd, 1952. That was Collide, which I believe I have that queued up right here. Tommy Hall, the maiden wore her beads and braids and hoped someday he'd talk. Collide, too stubborn to ever show a sign. Because his heart was made of naughty pine. Poor Collider, he never got a kiss. Poor Collider, he don't know what he missed. Now that song, still to this day, yeah. is a pretty big deal. Collider. Yeah, it's about a little, little wooden Indian, which yeah. you can also see in his museum. Around this time in October, he starts having heart trouble. And he kind of meets a fake doctor. This guy gets out of prison a year before. Somehow he buys a $25 license that says he's a doctor. Almost like the badge that Elvis had. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just for looks, folks. Kind of reminds me of Andy Kaufman's whole deal. You know Andy Kaufman? No. He was a comedian. He, uh... He got diagnosed with cancer, you know, and later on in his life. There's a movie. It's called Man on the Moon. Yeah. Fantastic movie. You should watch it. Uh, oh. Jim Carrey plays you know, Andy Kaufman. But uh, it, this man was actually a pioneer on his own, you know, of his own right. Yeah. But he developed cancer, and uh, he went to South America, I think, to receive treatment. And when he got there, he realized that as he was on the operating you know, table and I say that in quotation marks the operating table was fake he was like a witch doctor <clears throat> he was kind of saying you know he was he was going to heal people but he saw what he was doing and so he kind of got screwed over by a fake doctor as well wow so, what's the name of that movie uh, Man on the Moon I'll have to check that out it's a good movie so around October of this year he's fooling around with his doctor who's basically he in Hank's mind, he's think he's getting B12, literally. Yeah. But it's a little bit of uh, morphine mm-hmm. is what it is. So the rest of the year, he's he's playing shows like he normally does, getting drunk, doing everything that a mega country star in that time would do. The wedding of Billy Jean, they have a two-day ceremony. 14,000 seats were sold for both days. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I Especially mean, think about time. Yes, back then. I mean, I just wonder what the ticket prices were. I never did see them. Yeah, but it couldn't have been a whole lot. It couldn't have been. But, I mean, that's a massive amount of money. So, yeah. here we are. He comes back from Texas. And this part right here is where it got a little hairy. So, I had to draw up a map and check it twice just to make sure that I was right. So, December the 29th, he couldn't find nobody to drive him. for. He had a New Year's Eve show and Mm -hmm. two New Year's Day shows. Okay, so he hires Charles Carr, a 17-year-old high school dropout, for $10 a day. This kid is going to drive Mr. Hank Williams in his blue Cadillac convertible all the way to the other side of the area. It was like three states to play some shows. Mm-hmm. 
And his only instructions were, do not let him drink. You know how hard that'd have to be for a 17-year-old yeah. to tell Hank Williams or Hank Williams to not drink? Yeah. You know? So, anyways, before they leave town, he said, hey, look, we're going to go over here to the baby dock. So, he goes over there, and he pays the bill for his soon-to-be daughter, Jet Williams. He pays that in full. They stay the night in Birmingham where he tips a young man $50 to get him a bottle of whiskey for the ride. He said, it's 800 miles. What am I supposed to drink? Yeah. (laughs) Good excuse, Hank. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he does. They end up in Chattanooga. Now, at this time, the weather's starting to get bad, so he's like, hell with it, take me to the airport. He asked the driver, he said, have you ever been in an airplane? He said, no, I haven't. He said, well, today's your lucky day. Mm -hmm. So they go up in an airplane. The weather's so bad that they got to turn around and come back Mm -hmm. that there's nowhere to land where the New Year's Eve show was. There was 4,000 people waiting for him for this this big New Year's Eve show. Well, the New Year's Eve show was actually, I believe you're right, it was... uh, because there's there's a few states that they go to. It was in West Virginia, yes, the New Year's Eve show. So that was canceled. So from Chattanooga to Knoxville, they spend the night at the Andrew Jackson Hotel. And he said, now look, son, my doctor's going to be coming to the room, and I just need you to let him come on in. <laughs> He's going to bring me a shot of that B12 because I can't stop hiccuping. <laughs> so he gets two shots. Now, in that B12, there was a quarter of an ounce of morphine. Quarter of a gram. I'm sorry. Quarter of a gram of morphine in each shot. And he got two of them. So when they left Knoxville, he tells him, he said, Boy, you're going to have to speed up if we're going to get there. So the night before, they canceled the New Year's Eve show because the weather was so bad that they weren't even going to make it. Right. So he's like, hell with it. We're just going to go on to Ohio. I'll do the two New Year's show day shows, and we'll be fine. He tells the boy to speed up, and the boy's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not used to driving a car this fast. And he's like, look, you need to speed up. So he does. Mm-hmm. He gets pulled over by the state police. <laughs> the state police at this time say, you have a $100 fine that you have to pay to the justice of peace, and we're going to follow you to the courthouse. Now, do you think nowadays that they would follow a person to the courthouse? No. Not no. at all. Those days are over. Yeah. So. No, you got more to do in life now than. So the driver goes in front of the judge, and the judge says, Now, boy, why was you driving this fast? He said, Well, I had a guy with me who's in the music business. He said, Well, where is this guy that's in the music business? And the state trooper said, He's in the bathroom throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they tell the judge. Yeah. So Hank comes out, and he asked the judge, he said, so what's the fine? He said, $100. He said, well, how can I get the car? He said, well, if you can prove that you can own the car, you can leave right now. Yeah. So he pulls out his billfold, and the driver says, but Hank, I don't have no money. Yeah. And then Hank <laughs> laughs. He's like, I got you, boy. Yeah. And he pays the fine, and then they're off again on their way. So as they're getting closer, it's getting dark. They pass a little bar, and Hank's like, let's just stop off here. 
get something small to drink. He was in a real big hurry, and all of a sudden, you know what? Well, <laughs> we can stop now. We've yeah. got to go to court and everything else. Yeah. We can we can spend a little time in a bar. Right. So before that, they fill up on gas a mile from the bar, and he's kind of the driver's kind of flirting with this girl, and <laughs> everything's going good. She said, he said, so where's the best place to hang out? She said, this little bar down the road. So that's where they go. They go there. They have a few drinks. People recognize him. He's dancing with a married woman. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, a brawl breaks out. Hank gets kicked in the nuts, (laughs) and he gets, I mean, literally, he had the shit beat out of him. Yeah. So they were both drunk because this is the first time that he talked (laughs) the driver into drinking. Yeah, the 17-year-old driver. Yes, so they sleep it off in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. When they wake up, they decide, all right, it's time to go. So, this is around one thirty in the morning. They stop at another place for some food. The driver said, Hank, do you want anything? He said, no, I don't want nothing. So, the boy comes back out after he gets him a burger, and they drive, and they drive, and they drive. And then the sun comes up. By this time, the driver's noticed that Hank hasn't said anything. So he looks around, and it don't look good. Yeah. Rigor mortis has done set in. Oh, man. He's cold to the touch. He's been driving for a while with him dead in the back. Yeah. And the boy was just dumbfounded. Yeah. He went to a gas station, and he said, where's the closest hospital? They pointed. He went to the hospital, and he asked the nurse, he said, can you not bring him back? She said, no, he's, he's been dead for a while. And that, folks, Man. was the day that Hank Williams died. It was around midnight, around 1253. The autopsy said that he had two broken ribs, yeah. and the right side of his heart just quit working. So he had a heart attack from the overdose of morphine, yeah. which was the saddest day in country music. Now, the show announcer for the show that they were going to told the crowd Hank had died. Everybody started laughing because there were they so many it, excuses. They thought it was a joke. <laughs> He's only 29. He canceled the night before. Yeah. I mean, really? Then Hacksaw Hawkins, which was another famous star at the time, started singing I Saw the Light, and the crowd began to sing along as they were all in tears. January 2nd, 1953, Hank's body arrives in Montgomery, Alabama. The body was placed in a silver casket. His funeral took place January the 4th, where over 30,000 people showed up. At this time, this was the largest event that had ever happened in Montgomery, Alabama. All the record shops sold out of all of his music, and the number one song that week was I'll never get out of this world alive. Yeah. Man. What a coincidence. Nobody ever gets out of this world alive. <laughs> but <clears throat> yeah. this song right here was also number one as well. Sleep won't come. What a sad song. Oh, yeah. The whole night through. 
I was singing that in the yard the other day. <laughs> Are you serious? This part right here. When tears come down like falling rain, you'll toss around and call my name. Here's my theory on this song. Mm -hmm. And I could be wrong, and a lot of people probably won't agree with me, but I don't believe that you can call yourself a country artist if you don't at least know the chorus to this song. Yeah. I don't care about the other songs. It's this song. Right. How can you say that you feel like you belong in country music, but you don't know the chorus to your cheating heart? Mm -hmm. I don't care if you can sing it. Right. I just want you to respect country music enough to know it. Yeah. That's all that I ask. Anyways, Bobby Jett's baby is born, which is Jet Williams, four days after Hank passes away. Billie Jean, his current wife, the judge says, look, that divorce, y'all weren't even, y'all didn't even do it right. So it's not even legal. Mm -hmm. So his mother and Audrey pay her off yeah. to go, just go away. Yeah. So his mother and Audrey, they took over things. Also want to go on the record and say that his mother never liked none of his girlfriends or his wife. I, I mean, they just, that. they couldn't mingle. Yeah. So the governor named September 21st the Hank Day. Hank died with 11 number one songs. I had an ex-girlfriend. It was her birthday. Really? Yeah. Nin the, the same one I dated for six We just talked about it on the last episode or something. Oh, yeah? Yeah, her. So now, in 1960, a star was placed in Hollywood, and it was also the same year, and he was the first class to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. 1987, he was placed in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. 1975, Audrey dies, and she is buried right beside of him. Folks say that even though that they had a rough life, that they still loved each other, and they right. still belong beside each other. Now, when she died in 75, uh, that's when Billie Jean tried to come forward and take over some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. and. Sure. Yeah, it was kind of a, a bad deal. Yeah. Hank's car that he died in, mm -hmm. you can go see it in a museum in Montgomery, Alabama, but you can't take a photo of it, and you can't sit in the back seat. Oh, naturally. But oh, Hank to. Jr. drove it to high school when he was in high school. <laughs> That's what he drove. Yeah. Yeah, which That's, is crazy. I mean, honestly, I've always – I'm not a car person. But I have always wanted a Cadillac convertible, like one of the old. A Cadillac know, just says that you're, that you've made it. Yeah, that's just whether whether you're famous or not. It's, it's a just classic a, symbol. Exactly of success. Of success. Yeah. Yep. Within the five years, Hank recorded 225 country songs. He wrote 167 of them. Critics say, and not one but many, say that Hank would have been the only artist to give Elvis a run for his money. Yeah. Because Hank owned Blue Suede Shoes first. Hank jiggled his leg first, and mm -hmm. Hank wrote his own songs. But yeah. folks will never know. No. We'll never know. He also had women rush the stage, and women mm -hmm. and husbands rush the stage as well, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
Hank influenced many artists, including Elvis, Johnny Cash, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bob Dylan, George Jones, Charlie Pied, and the Rolling Stones yeah. were all influenced by Hank. Um, in 2006, Hank Jr. finally accepted that Jet Williams is his half-sister, and they are now the, um, I guess you would say, owners of the estate. Yeah. They're the finally the ones that own everything. His estate is estimated at $15 million. Not He's bad. been dead yeah. for 35 years at this time that I took the poll that I found right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the information said 35 years after his death, his royalty checks were still coming in half a million dollars a year. That's nuts. 35 years after you were dead. Yeah. And, I mean, that's, what, in 91? Yeah. I mean. Or not even 90. 90. See, he died in uh, 53. Yeah. That's now 88. In 1988, he was still making a half a million a year. Yeah. Royalties. Which which just blows my mind. Yeah. Um, a lot of artists have paid tribute to him. The only thing that Hank ever said is he felt like he never had a true friend, so he didn't know how to be loyal to people because he had no clue what it looked like, yeah. you know? And besides David Allen Cole's The Ride, I think this next song that I'm going to play right here really pays tribute to Hank and I tried to smell the whiskey in the air but I just I couldn't do it Midnight in Montgomery Silver Eagle Lonely Road Was on my way for a big New Year's Eve show Stop for just a minute See a friend outside of town Put my collar up I found his name Felt the wind died down And a drunk man in a cowboy hat Took me by surprise Wearing shiny boots A nudie suit And haunted Haunted eyes. Is it friend? It's good to see you. It's nice to know you care. Then the wind picked up. He was gone. Was he ever really there? Cause it's midnight in Montgomery. I have to admit, I didn't really realize that that's what this song was about. Are you serious? All these years, you didn't know that's what that song was about. Mm-mm. No, I didn't. It's a great song. It is. I kind of figured at some point you would play you know, Tear in My Beer. Well, I will. Let me get to that. The reason is why I did. He's always. See, what kind of throws me off, this video right here, I had assumed that this was filmed there, but after looking at a clip, it said, it was filmed in black and white under a full moon of a headstone of an empty cemetery. 
it went on to win a award that year. But it doesn't... I'm trying to find the history of it because... Okay, even... When did that song come out? It's like a green screen that they did? I don't... Well... The grave doesn't look like nothing like it does right, right now. Right. And Audrey had done died. Yeah. And that headstone just showed her or him. Yeah. Let me look at the year it was released. 91. See, I, I wanted to say that Alan Jackson was there, but there's no way that he could have possibly been there in 91 mm-hmm. because she was buried right beside of him. And yeah. as you've seen in the photos... That didn't look nothing like what no. I seen. So I mean, it was kind of similar. It was but in a lot of ways. That's why I think it was all fabricated, just for the just for the fact. But you got to think about it. It would be kind of disrespectful to you know walk Shoot over yeah. all those other grave sites and not acknowledge them. You know, yeah, yeah. So that'd be kind of rude. So I, he did the right thing. You know how he did it. Now the tear in my beer was the only duet that Hank Jr. and Hank ever had, mm-hmm. and. As you've watched the video, Hank was uh, editing into it, yeah. which uh, it was. I liked the song, but eventually we're going to go down the road with Hank Jr. Right. But here's my thoughts. You know, Hank Jr. was made to be the replacement of his daddy. Yeah. And that's kind of what brought the rebel out in him because he was good. Yeah. But he wasn't his daddy. I'm a fan of Hank Williams Jr. for oh. sure live and die like yeah. i would get a tattoo if i could of <laughs> hank jr but you can but they're two different people oh and yeah hank jr worked his ass off to prove that yeah to right. an, to an, i mean right. not personality wise right but vocally they're yeah. two different artists honestly i can hear you know hank senior some in hank jr's voice that's not like I don't think he's you know, trying to do it. I think it's just it's just there. Yeah. Like shades of gray. Yeah, basically. You know? Oh, yeah. Just it's not you know, totally, but every now and then you can hear certain notes. They kind of hit the same. Have you ever heard Hank the Third? Yeah. Okay. That's as close to Hank Sr. as I, I believe with, anybody's got. I worked with a guy who used to play uh, guitar for him and his yeah. band. I'm telling you, folks. Now... His great-grandson, Sam Williams, he's not country. But, I mean, he's got a decent voice, but he does not belong in country music. I mean, I I feel like he's a good artist. That's the good thing about music. You don't have to belong to anything. Not with the Williams name. Who cares about that? I do. I do. You've got to make your own way. It's not nepotism. You can't depend on your your grandfather and your father to... To do all the all the heavy lifting, you got to do your what, own. Okay, if that was the case, then why did he use the last name? It's his last name. He was That's born with it. Automatically <laughs> open the doors, though. Well, I mean, all right. What about Serena Williams? She played tennis. You think she should play country music because her last name is Williams? No, no. But people <laughs> different family. Know. It doesn't people matter. Know. It doesn't matter. Especially when he's using. That's asking an awful he's lot. It, though he was born with it. <laughs> That's asking an Not awful like he's lot. like saying, Hank was my great-granddaddy. Okay, was he not? Yeah, but I don't know. I just, like, like he's he, he's talented. Okay, then why are you expect country. him to be what you want him to be? I'm just saying. Why does he have to be what you country. want him to be? Why can't he's you just let him country. live? country. That's what I'm saying. Well, like, if he wants to go do wrong with his own thing, that's, that's great yeah. and fine. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Just don't but say like, your name's Williams. Yeah. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is Hank the Third <laughs> is, I mean, he is the closest thing to it. Yeah. And he pays respect when he plays the music. You know, Sam Williams would not have a record deal if he wasn't who he was. Yeah. At all. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Oh, well, all right. Have you heard him? No. We're going to pull him up. We don't have to. We're not I, talking I about Sam to. Williams. We're I talking about to. Hank Williams. I want to, though. I we want got you some to stuff to like, discuss about Hank. Like, I mean, I ain't worried he's about his great. grandkids. He's great. Hank. Yeah. I'm not worried about his grandkids. He's talented. Hold on. So, <clears throat> while you're pulling that up, I'll give you a, a little bit of history on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You said they put his name up. I forget what year you said, but uh, did you know you can have your name put on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Really? Yeah. It's just a money thing. You got to pay uh, fifty grand. That's 50 crazy. Fifty grand, and I think you have to pay for the, uh, the you know, granite or whatever they use, oh, and you have to pay somebody to get in there and like you know carve all the things out. But yeah, I mean you pay for it. Wow. Uh, if you don't pay for it, somebody's got to pay for it for you. Like right. it, it's a part of. I don't know if it's a part. Of the city department, like the street department, I'm not, I'm not positive how that works, but I, I know it is. It's just a money thing. Yeah. All right, I got this pulled up. All right. And for the record, I didn't say he was bad. Right. No, so, you said he wasn't yeah, country. Just l- listen. What do you think? It's different, for sure. Yes, it's for more sure. of a. I think he's more of a like an Americana folk style. He's not. Yeah, he's not country. You're right. Well, and I mean, here's my thing with the like, and I know I probably shouldn't judge artists this way, but I look at the persona, mm-hmm. like just when they walk in the room. Like I've seen Hank a couple times yeah. live, and it's just unreal. I mean, first Hank off, Jr. Hank, Hank Junior. Yeah, <laughs> like he. He doesn't he he doesn't sing it the way the record done it at all. He just right. makes it up on the top of his hat. Yeah. But like he don't give a shit. And it's the outlaw way. Right. But I feel like Hank the Third, Sam Williams, and Hank Junior would have never had a career had it not been for their great had it not been for Hank Williams. Yeah. I mean, Junior, he's good. And he's he's different. He's got his own style. But right. would he have been famous had it not been for his dad? It'd been a lot harder. I think he would have eventually found his way. He he would have probably had some success because he. I mean, he's talented. But he had a hell of a kick start. Yeah, yeah. That's the <laughs> you know? that's the that's that's the kicker. Yeah. So, folks, I hope I've done Hank justice. I I really feel like. 
in my opinion, and everybody's going to have opinions. In your record book? Yeah, he's the king. <laughs> he's the greatest of all time. Let me tell you how I know Hank Williams is the greatest country artist to ever, ever do it. You know why? Why? Because everybody has spent their entire careers just mimicking him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Keith Whitley died early from alcohol, you know, <clears throat> alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, you know, Randy Travis had a run-in with his manager slash wife that was just, you know, trying and it kind of, you know, held him back a little bit. And he got that from Hank. Well, Everything that's been done in country music was done first by Hank. I know some people are not going to agree with the next statement that I'm about to make, but it's a comparison about the lifestyle. Now, as far back as I can remember, there's not been an artist that fans went ape shit crazy over at a young age, mm-hmm. such as Morgan Wallen. Right. And I am just worried that Morgan could be the next catastrophe. He could. You know, like Hank. You've said that before. I have. And the reason is, is because, I mean, Morgan could very be. It's between him and Luke on who's the biggest country star right now. Popularity. Right. I mean, Morgan's got more women run up on stage on him. And, I mean, it's just when you have that much fame at a young age. And and myself, I'm glad a lot of times that I didn't Mm. because I'm not the same dude that I was 10 years ago. Yeah, so you're glad you made it to this long before you came famous? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. But, like, in all reality, like, yeah. I don't think I could have handled it. No, I couldn't have, for sure. I, I know have. I couldn't have. Mm-mm. When you have drugs, money, women. Yeah. I mean, hell, I've seen where Morgan Wallen doesn't even ride a tour bus no more. Oh, yeah. I mean, he flies to the show, the bus picks him up, he stays on it for 10 miles. That's the safest way, probably. Probably. But, you know. It cuts um, all the riffraff out. To an extent, I guess it does, the partying on the bus ordeal. But, like I said, with Morgan having the troubles that he's had, he reminds me so much of the road that Hank was on. Yeah. A lot of artists go on that road, though. I'm not saying he's the greatest of all time by no means, but I'm saying that we could see that trend with him that we've seen with Keith Whitley, that we've seen with Hank, that we've seen with Elvis. You're saying we've seen versions of that movie before. Exactly. It's possible. And I hope We it know a couple different you know, endings, but we don't know what his is. Hopefully it won't be for a while. But, uh, I mean, you never know. You never can tell. Now, let me ask you this. We're getting close to ending, folks, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your thoughts when critics say that Hank would have gave Elvis a run for his money? Are you dumbfounded by that, or no. do you see it? I see it. I see it. Just because he was a pioneer before you know Elvis. Um, he, it wasn't the same you know, kind of music as Elvis. Elvis no. did you know, rock and roll, which today would be country. But uh, Hank, he, I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't see that as wrong at all. I mean, there's a lot of comparison there. There's a lot of similarities. Um, and honestly, personality traits, they got a lot of the same personality traits. Um, it was just a matter of, um, I think, I think, you know, the military 
kind of slowing Elvis's you know, rise to you know, multi you know, stardom Helped saved his life for a little while. Right. Yeah, it saved his life for a while. If Hank would have had that, if Hank would have you know, not had spinal bifida and he'd been able to go over and he wouldn't have been an alcoholic right. at, at the time and he wouldn't been into you know, prescription you know, medication and whatnot and he would have went to the military, it could have saved his life as well. But, yeah. I mean, he had all that other stuff, you know, weighing on him. But I honestly think, you know, that uh, uh, prolonged the inevitable, you know, with Elvis because he was able to survive because of that. I think if Hank had that opportunity, it would have helped him. Do you know anything about the Kurt Cobain story? Yeah. So now, how long was he famous before that happened? Really famous for, I think they were, he was like 22 or 23 when they really hit. Now, do, so now do you years. think that he honestly took his own life yeah. or do you think he was murdered? No, he took his own life. You think so? Yeah, I do. There's been a few on both sides of the the genre mm-hmm. who have done that. Yeah. Um, Chris Cornell. Yeah. That was drugs, wasn't it? So there's some controversy there. That some he controversy made that him and Chester Benningfield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chester, which is the lead singer for Lincoln Park, he dealt with uh, depression, but him and Chris Cornell were spearheading a uh, group to shed light on the uh, child abductions and uh, sexual. Oh, really. Uh, trade in the United States. Yeah. And uh, you know, they were shedding light on stuff. You know, they were shaking trees that a lot of uh, powerful people didn't want shook. So the Clintons had them killed. Well, I mean, uh, they could have had something to do with it because <laughs> they have a long list. Well. But, yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird that you know they had been teaming up to do this and then all of a sudden somebody who has not had you know, any kind of issues with, you know, drugs or alcohol for a while, you're still going to have that depression if you oh, are de- yeah. you know, indeed uh, de- <clears throat> depressed. And you don't know anybody's heart. It's like Robin Williams. I yeah. mean, he was, he, he breathed to please people. He, right. he, he lived to make people laugh. He brought joy to everybody when he couldn't, you know, bring joy to himself, which is extremely sad. But with Chester, and I never liked Linkin Park. I thought every song they sang sounded the same. I never I, got into it. To save my life, I couldn't name a song. Yeah, well, they all sound the same. You just name one, you got them all. Okay. But he's got a good voice, though. I mean, it's 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 kind of a you know, his own style. I loved Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell was probably one of my all-time favorite singers. Beautiful voice. That man, like, yeah. But anyway, yeah, Chris Cornell... At one time, it was extremely hard into heroin. He was completely sober. He had just released a solo album that he did with his daughter. Uh, it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. And they were working on this. I think they were trying to right all their past wrongs, and they were trying to shed some light on some evil that's being done in the world. Yeah. And they were close to making an announcement. A discovery, an announcement, and then all of a sudden, yeah, 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 Chester dies. Wow. Of 
suicide. I don't. I'm not saying he didn't do it, but I, I don't know that he did. And then all of a sudden, Chris Cornell hasn't used drugs in years. Dies of an overdose. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of fishy, shady yeah. To me. Yeah. Well, being famous is kind of a catch twenty two, and I feel like nowadays it's just as hard because social media would make anybody want to hang themselves. And I really feel like maybe that's what happened with uh, Naomi Judd. I mean, because yeah. when they performed at that at the award show, mm-hmm. the comments were brutal. Yeah. And I mean, who offs theirself the day before yeah. the greatest achievement right. being placed into the Hall of Fame? I mean, well, I, you got to you know, be honestly. In a dark what place. I feel like, I feel like she did that because she saw all the comments of how. I really feel like looked. that had to play a and part. And she did in not it, want folks. to embarrass herself when she went on that stage to accept, you know, her induction to the Hall of Fame. It makes a lot of sense. And that is so sad. It is. You got these bullies at home sitting on their face. And, and I hope God brings it up right. on their moment of judgment. Surely, I mean, they how already hard feel is guilty it about to it. just be nice to people? It's very hard for some people. Some people. You know, think that if they're not successful they have to root for everybody else to fail the fact is there's room for all of us to succeed we don't have to root for anybody to fail just because you know so and so makes it big doesn't mean that i can't blowing out somebody's candle doesn't make yours blow any brighter no you know that's like this show folks it may never go nowhere yeah bobby bones will probably never cuss my name yeah but I feel like I'm doing country music a favor. Yeah. And, like, to me, I didn't make it as a country artist. I, I honestly didn't try hard enough, and God probably spared me from doing it. But I feel like I'm still able to connect, and I'm getting... We're sitting here saving country music by talking about it. Yeah. And that's all you got to do, folks. And I feel like I'm saving good music. I don't yeah. Know, it doesn't have to be country for me. Yeah. And it does for Ryan, not me. If there's something that you guys want, go get it. Yeah. That's all I got to say. Don't let the world hold you back, and you're always going to have haters. No matter yeah. how much good you do, there's always going to be somebody. That's just the math. The better you do, the more there's going to be people trying to pull you down. Absolutely. But guess what? F them. Live your life. Do you make you do what you need to do to make yourself happy. You need to do what you need to do to provide for your families, provide for your children, your spouses, whoever they are, wherever they're at. You know, you let everybody know you can be depended on. Yeah. And you depend on yourself, have all the self-confidence in the world, because that brings people down more than anything, is their, you know, will. I have yeah. I have very weak willpower sometimes, but it's got, I mean, I, I got to change it at some point. And I think when I do, when I flip that switch, I think my life's going to start getting a little better. Yeah, I'm telling you what, man, what helped me is praying more. Yeah. And just giving part. it all to him because, dude, I ain't nothing if he don't wake me up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so many people feel like, well, I don't have a new house or I don't have a lot in my checking account or I'm overweight or da-da-da. Man, none of that stuff matters. What matters is the type of person that you are. Yeah. And a lot of things you can fix. I don't care how far down the road you think you've gone. Mm-hmm. You can always turn around. Yeah. Always. You can. So, we're going to end this with two things. First thing, your greatest song by Hank that you love, and then we're going to rate him. Okay. So, 
I'm going to go first. Okay. My favorite song by Hank is I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry. It's a great song. Yours? Um, It's in my top three. It's number... It's number two. My number three song, I'm going to do I'm gonna do top three. Since okay. I didn't do all the go research, ahead. I'm going to go through my songs. My number three is uh, The Old Country Church. Um, I liked his version of it a lot. We used to sing it at my church, and it yeah, kind of brought me back. Um, and then my number one is uh, Jambalaya. Okay. So yeah. what was your number two? You said three and one. Uh, you're cheating hard. Okay. Well, what's the one you said? I'm so well, lonesome I could, so so could cry. I'm so lonesome I could cry. When you brought that up, I thought, well, I can't say that without saying I saw the light. It yeah. was one of the first songs that I ever learned to play. Yeah. I actually played it at my great aunt's funeral. Yeah. I mean, it's a great song. Yeah. And it's another song that's honest and to the point. Yeah. I was so, For sure. you know, it, it's just a great song. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited. You know, he had a whole lot of gospel music. Did you hear about Tyler Childers' new album coming out? No. It's a gospel album. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm excited for that it. Is, I hope he covers I Saw the Light. Uh, I think he will. I don't know, yeah. man. I'm excited for it. It doesn't even, it's kind of like, I tell you, another country artist who had a great gospel album was Alan Jackson. His was unreal. Yeah. So I can't, any dates on when I it's going to be available? I have not heard. I just know wow. that that's, what, that's what's coming out next. Well, I guess I don't have to go into this much. He's a five-star artist for me. Yeah, he's a five-star for me. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Five-star. Because I didn't know where. I don't know if we could set together if it was any less. <laughs> I just see how much he's influenced. and So many people. Whether you like his music or not, how right. could you not respect it? Right. And it, I mean, he's got some songs that I really like. He has influenced so many artists and so many musicians all together it doesn't have to be country it could be any i mean you know bob dylan is one of the biggest artists to ever live and he's influenced by hank williams it's yeah. just i don't know how you can go any other number besides five right especially okay. you know i mean post obviously and obviously there's not many there's not very many you know pulitzer prize winners that yeah. are musicians this man won it post obviously he, he won it in 2010 that's insane yeah because he was a genius at putting what was going on in his brain and sending it through that pen onto that piece of paper. And I don't feel like he ever meant to be a megastar. He just he wanted to play music and he wanted to play at the opera. He was a shooting star. That's it. He was meant to burn for a little while and then uh, fall back to the dust of the That's your shooting star. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all that I got on Mr. Hank Williams Sr. Always remember to like, follow, share, comment, rate, review, follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow. Do it repeatedly. I don't know if it works. I heard it does. Tell your friends, neighbors, coworkers, everybody else. And until next time, hasta mañana. This here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. The Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be maligned in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? 
don't like it. Thanks for joining us on The Country Music Critic, and we'll catch you all next time.